Good morning and welcome again. I, I'm, I'm so glad you've joined us this morning online. My, uh, my name is Derwin and I'm one of the pastors here at Hillside and today is a bittersweet day for us not to be together. Today is Hillside's 25th anniversary. There should be whoops and, and cheers at this point, but sadly, no. Happy anniversary, Hillside. And I've been looking forward to celebrating it with you. We, we would have celebrated with palm branches and much rejoicing on this Palm Sunday. No fear. We look forward to the day ahead where we can get, gather again together and throw a big party. I'm, I'm thinking dance party. There, there's a time to dance, and when we get back together, there will be dancing. And I, I know some of you can't dance, and, and I promise you that we'll post videos of you dancing, and strangers will rejoice all over the world. It's going to be good. But today, as we've said, even though we are apart, we are still together. And, and we as a church, we are still going to be passionate about pursuing our mission that we've held these 25 years, which is to bring the healing, hope, and compassion of Jesus to the Tri-Cities and beyond. And right now, it's just so clear that the world needs Jesus more than ever. He's our rock and, and our refuge to us, and, and we want to share his hope and compassion through all that we do as a church in these difficult days and beyond. These are strange days, aren't they? They're kind of weird and wild. I, I woke up one morning this week, and, and for a moment, I thought I was, all this pandemic stuff was just a bad dream. And, and then, I've, of course, I soon realized this is real, and, and, and I was struck with the enormity of this storm we're in. And even though it seems like this, this uh, pandemic, this, this has been just kind of slowly unfolding for months, it still feels like it's taken us by surprise. Storms are often like that. More often than not, we don't get forewarning of when a storm will hit. A life storm happens, and, and then what do we do? Well, to encourage us this morning, I want to look at a familiar story of Jesus. Uh, Pastor Kevin uh, read this story a couple weeks ago, and it's about Jesus with his disciples in the middle of a storm in a raging sea. Find the story in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. That day when Jesus came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was not nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern. He was sitting on a, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And he got up, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, Quiet be still. And then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. And may God bless the reading of his word. Uh, this story, it, it starts at the end of a, a very long, long day. Jesus had been preaching and, and healing the sick all day in Capernaum, and he might have felt like one of our healthcare workers at the, the end of a long, long shift. 
He's exhausted. He's beat. And, and he says to his disciples, we need to cross the sea in our boat just, just to get away from the crowds. And, and Jesus and his disciples, they, they get into this fishing boat. It's, it's nighttime, but some of his disciples uh, were professional fishermen before in a prior life, and they used to, they're used to taking the boat out at night, so they get into the boat, and they start crossing to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And in the back of these ancient fishing boats, there was a, a sort of covering at the back and, and down inside the hull, and there'd be a cushion that was there, kind of reserved for the captain. And Jesus slips into that little cubby, and, and in, before the boat was even offshore, Jesus is sawing logs. Uh, did, did Jesus snore? I don't know, but I'd like to think so. <laughs> now, it, now, it took about uh, two hours to cross the water. If you were going straight across the Sea of Galilee, it could take as many as five hours, depending on where you wanted to reach. But, but Jesus is asleep. They're in the middle of the, the lake. It's, it's about 150 feet deep. It's, it's totally dark. And, and this terrible storm comes up. Now, now, this would not have been unusual for the Sea of Galilee. Sea of Galilee sits uh, 700 f- feet below sea level, and then 50, feet, uh, 50 miles, I should say, to the north of, uh, of Mount Hermon, which is 9,200 feet tall. You'd have this cold air from the, the mountain that was colliding with the warm air from the Sea of Galilee, and as a result, there could be, and, and still are, some pretty impressive thunderstorms and squalls. And, and fishermen, like like some of Jesus' disciples were, were, were used to them. This storm must have been a doozy because these experienced sailors, they thought they were going to die. So that's where the disciples at, are at. They're, they're terrified, and, and, and Jesus is sleeping. But by the way, have you ever noticed that, that the only time in Scripture that Jesus is ever found sleeping, and it's like during a Category 3 hurricane, I mean, what does that say about Jesus? For, for one thing, it says he's a lot like us. He loves his sleep. But the disciples, they're, they're panicking, and, and they're thinking like, Jesus, are you going to get up? And finally, they, they get back there, and they shake Jesus awake, and they say, Jesus, we're going to drown. Don't you care? And, and Jesus looks at them, and, and he says, don't you get it, guys? <laughs> Did, didn't you see me? cast off demons and they had to flee? I mean, didn't you see me open the eyes of the blind and, and the, how the lame could, could walk after I touched them? Do you really think we're going to drown out here? Why are you so afraid? I'm, I'm in the boat with you. But then to make sure they understand, he, he cries out, quiet, be still. I mean, the language here in, in the original Greek is, is quite something. It, to a hurricane, Jesus simply says, quiet, stop it, be still. That's it, just like you'd talk to a, an unruly child. But the more astonishing thing is the storm obeyed like a compliant child. It reads, then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And when you think about it, you know, wind dying down at at Jesus' command could have been a coincidence. You know, wind comes, uh, wind goes. If you've ever been on a cruise or or at sea, you know, if you're in a storm and the storm stops, here's the thing. The sea doesn't, you know, there's there's this momentum and and the waves can be keeping up for a long time, even days even. And here not only the wind stops, the, the waves stop, completely calm, dead calm. You could see your face in the water. 
And, and the boat's rocking no more. It's just sitting still. And the story tells us, what did they say? Who is this man? Who, who is this guy that even the wind and the waves obey him? Now they're starting to get it. You, you see, one point of agreement among ancient cultures was that the sea was uncontrollable by any power but God. I mean, in ancient cultures and, and legends, the sea was a symbol of unstoppable power and, and destruction. The, the ocean in, in full fury was unruly and ungovernable. Only God could deal with it. And, and the disciples, they, they knew from Scripture. They, they knew, they know that there's only one who controls the wind and the waves. We find this in Psalm 89. Who is like you, Lord God Almighty, you who rule over the surging sea? When its waves mount up, you still them. What are they beginning to figure out? <laughs> that the man in the boat with them, in some way they don't fully comprehend, is God in their midst. And if Jesus is truly who he says he is, the implications are massive. And, and the same is true for us. If Jesus is Lord of the storm, then no matter what threat the world is facing right now from the COVID virus, and, and no matter what problems that you or I are, are facing personally, no matter what mess you're in or what mess you're kind of in, in your way into, you'll find that Jesus is sufficient to provide all you'll ever need, all the healing and help, all the rest and, and peace, all the courage and, and strength you could ever need. He's, he's Lord of the storm. Well, what happens to the disciples when the storm is calmed? Uh, before Jesus calms the storm, they're, they're afraid. But after Jesus calms the storm, we're told they're terrified. Now, why terrified? Well, we'll unpack that in a few moments. But really, what we're seeing here is the two potential dilemmas we can have in our life of faith, two common issues in our walk with God. The, the first dilemma unfolds like this. You see, before the storm is still, the, the seas are, are raging and Jesus is sleeping and, and they're desperate. This boat's, you know, imagine it's only like four feet deep, but the waves are likely seven or eight or nine feet tall. And so the waves are, are crashing into the boat and you can imagine that they're, they're bailing water furiously and the boat's nearly swamped. And when they do go to Jesus, you, you kind of hear, hear from them that the desperation and the frustration, maybe even the anger. Don't you care if we drown? We can, we can relate to this because every person who's ever tried to live a life of faith has, has felt like this sometimes. You know, everything's going wrong. You're, you're sinking and and God seems to be asleep or absent or, or unaware. And it's like if you loved us, Jesus, you wouldn't let us go through this. If you loved us, you wouldn't, we wouldn't be in this right now. And funny enough, when Jesus, when he calmed the storm, his response to his disciples' fear was, wasn't, I can understand how you're feeling, boys. I'd be, I'd be afraid and frustrated too. No, no, he, he asked his disciples, why are you afraid? <laughs> what a question. I, I mean, think about how the disciples would have felt in that moment. What do you mean, why are we afraid? Why, we were afraid we were going to drown. We were afraid you didn't love us. 
Because if you loved us, you wouldn't let these kind of things happen to us. And, and, and this is our dilemma, really, is, is our belief that somehow faith is an Acme storm protector kit. But Jesus' question has led, the, led them, has behind it this thought that their whole premise is wrong. They, ha- they just haven't got it because they says, I do allow people I love to go through storms. This leads to the second dilemma. Because if according to Jesus, they had no reason to be afraid during the storm, they certainly had no reason to be afraid after. But, but it says they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So why were they ter- more terrified in the calm after the storm than during the storm? Because here's the thing. This Jesus they were following turns out he's just as unmanageable as the storm was. You know, the storm had immense power and, and they couldn't control it. Folks, isn't that what we're seeing with COVID right now? You know, our, our governments and our health officials and, and, and industry and, and all of us together are doing our best to try and figure it out and try to solve this and respond to this active nature, nature. but it seems that our world is, is at the mercy of the wind and waves of this particular storm. Um, listen to how, how one writer described the, the power of nature. He says, nature is violent and overwhelming. It's unmanageable power, and it's going to get you sooner or later. Thank you, Tim Keller, for that cheerful thought. But here's what we learn from this story. Don't we see that Jesus has infinitely more power than the storm. Didn't he prove that? And, and I think if we're honest, we'd, we'd all like the idea of a powerful Lord like that to have in our back pocket when times get tough. But here's the thing. Jesus turns out he's not under our control either. He's, he's as unmanageable, as I said, as the storm. He he lets things happen I don't understand. He, he doesn't do things according to, to my plan or, or often in a way that makes sense to me. But listen, if, if Jesus is God, then he's got to be great enough to have some reasons to let you go through things you can't understand. His power is unbounded. But if he's God, then so is his wisdom and so is his love. Folks, let me say this. Jesus is filled with untamable love for you. And if the disciples had had really known how much Jesus loved them, if they'd really understood that he's both powerful and loving, they they wouldn't have been scared. They wouldn't have panicked. They would have trusted. They might have even rested. Their, Their premise that if Jesus loved them, he wouldn't let bad things happen to them was wrong. He can love somebody and he can... He can let bad things happen to them because he's God and he knows better than they do. And, and, and if we're honest, we can find ourselves getting mad at this God who, who lets us go through storms. But think about it this way. If you have a God who is truly great and powerful, you also have a God who's great and powerful enough to have reasons that you can't understand. Elizabeth Elliot put it this way. She said, God is God. And since he is God, he is worthy of my worship and my service. 
I will find rest nowhere else but in his will. And that will is necessarily, infinitely, immeasurably, unspeakably beyond my largest notions of what he is up to. If you're at the mercy of the storm, its power is unmanageable and it doesn't give a rip about you. The, the only place you're safe is in the will of God. And, and because he's God and, and you're not, the will of God won't always make sense. As Susan asks Mr. Beaver in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, is he safe? Is Aslan safe? And the beaver responds, of course he's not safe. Who said anything about safe? But he's good. He's the king. When Jesus gets up and says, why are you afraid? It's, if you knew how much I love you, you would have stayed calm. And, and, and we're in the storm right now. It, our world's in a storm right now. And, and I sense the question that Jesus wants to ask you. He's, it's a question he's been asking me. Why are you afraid? And I just want to take a few more minutes and, and think about how we handle these storms and, and how we might actually handle them with faith and with peace and the kind of calm that, that I think Jesus can provide. First of all, we can take courage in knowing that he's with us. If there's anything that's clear to me about this story is that Jesus is in the boat too. I mean, how great is that? That's no small thing. Jesus, the incarnate one, he steps into our lives. He steps into the mess of our planet, but the step, he steps into the mess of our homes, our families, our hearts, into all of that. He, he's in the boat with us. He's with us through it all. And he promises to never leave us or forsake us. It's like the story our former office manager here at Hillside, Dina, uh, shared with me years ago. Dina was describing to me one of the darkest years of her life, a year that was one of the hardest years, and it seemed like it was never going to end. One of her greatest storms. And, and during that time, it was summer, and uh, her daughter was, was young. They were out on the Fraser River. Her daughter, Charlotte, was just three years old or so, and, and her daughter said, Mom, i got to go pee. And Dina's like, okay, there's an outhouse over here. Let's go. And, and I guess her daughter had had a pretty awful experience with porta-potties, as many of us have. And, and she was afraid to go in this outhouse. And she's like, Mom, it's, it's dark in there, and I might fall in the hole, and mosquitoes might bite my bum. And she was very, very afraid. And Dina simply said, I, I can see in the dark. I can see. I've got you. I, I won't let you fall in the hole. And her daughter said, you can see? Yes, I can see. You won't let me go? I won't let you go. Okay. And in that moment, as God does sometimes, Dina could sense that God was saying to her, hello, don't you get it? I, I can see. I, I, I won't let you go. I'm here. Even through this terrible time, I, I'm here with you. You see, folks, whatever storm we're in, Jesus says to us, I, I haven't left. I'm, I'm here. I'm with you. So we can find peace in our storms by remembering that, that the one who's both loving and powerful is with us. Secondly, we can, we can be thankful because God can use storms in our lives for good. I mean, at times like this, I take great comfort from the words of the Apostle Paul in Romans 8, 28, 
where he says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. You know, I want to be clear this morning. I don't think in any way that God is responsible for COVID-19. I don't think he brought this on into our world. He didn't bring this storm. I'd say it's the result of a broken world. In some senses, it might, might even stem from how we've mistreated as human beings God's good creation. But, but these familiar words of, of Romans 8 reminds us that in all things, through all things, in every storm we can trust him because miraculously, God can transform, transform the bad things that happen in our lives. He can turn storms that we go through into something good, into something great. I mean, think of how right now God seems to be redeeming, bringing good out of this pandemic. Aren't we seeing people pull together right now in unprecedented ways? The, the, the divisiveness that we're used to seems to be go, going down just a little. There's a, a sense that political and national and racial and, and gender divisions have been sidelined right now. They, they feel rather irrelevant at the moment, do they not? We're all just brothers and sisters, part of God's human family. And isn't it bringing focus to what matters most in our lives? I mean, people with all our, our limits now are, are doing some of the things that matter the most. They're experiencing, as we talked about last week, this meaningful connection with God and, and with themselves and with each other. And it seems like virtues of compassion and, and self-sacrifice are being celebrated right now, denying oneself for the sake of others. I, I love that every night at 7 p.m., the city of Vancouver claps for healthcare workers who are on the front lines. And, and look how it slowed down our consumption. I, I know you can still shop online, and we do, but I don't know about you, but it seems to me that greed is kind of losing the day right now. And, and I think we're moving into a season of unprecedented generosity. Look at how even creation seems to, in this time, be taking a much-needed breath. Can you hear creation sigh? And we're seeing blue skies in cities that have known smog only for generations? How might God be using this pandemic to heal our land right now? And what about the virtue of humility? The disciples in that storm suddenly came to understand that Jesus was much bigger than the box they had, like, kept him in. They got to know through that storm, they got to know that Jesus was God. He was real. And that may be some of what God is, is doing right now in your life right now. He's using this storm to, to kind of get your attention, to, to remind you that he's real and that he loves you and he's got a plan that's, that's so good for your life. So in the middle of the storm or any storm, we do well to remember this truth that, that God, because he's God, can redeem it for good and our good, and we can trust him for that. Our final thought of encouragement is just this. You see, we have knowledge of something the disciples didn't have back then that can enable us to stay calm in the storm no matter how much the seas are raging outside. There's a clue in the passage. Uh, scholars tell us that Mark's deliberately laid out his account using almost identical language to the story of Jonah in the Old Testament. Do you remember Jonah? 
In, in, in both stories, Jesus and Jonah were in a boat, and, and both boats were, were overtaken by a storm. The storms are described almost identically. Both Jesus and Jonah were asleep. In both stories, sailors woke up the person sleeping and said, we're going to die. And then in both cases, there was a miraculous divine intervention, and the, the sea was calmed. And in the both, then in both stories, the sailors became more terrified uh, than they were after the storm was calmed. Two almost identical stories with one kind of critical difference. In the midst of the storm, Jonah said to the sailors something like this. There's, there's really only one thing to do. If I perish, you survive. If, if I die, you live. And so they threw him into the sea. And that doesn't happen in Mark's story. But actually, if you, you, you zoom out to the rest of Mark and, and to the rest of, of the story of Jesus, the stories aren't that different. In, in Matthew's gospel, uh, Jesus says, one greater than Jonah is here. And, and he, he's referring to himself. I, I am the true Jonah, Jesus says. And what he meant was, someday I'm going to calm all the storms. One day I'm going to calm all the seas. I, I'm going to destroy destruction. I'm going to beat brokenness. I'm going to kill death. How can he do that? He can do it only because he was on the cross. He was thrown willingly like Jonah into the ultimate storm, under the ultimate waves, the waves of sin and death. Jesus was thrown into the only storm that can actually sink us. That storm wasn't calmed until it swept him away. You know what? If the vision of Jesus being thrown into that ultimate storm is, is kind of burned into the core of your being, you'll never be able to say, God doesn't care. And if you know that he didn't abandon you to that ultimate storm, how, how could he abandon you in the, the much smaller storms that you're experiencing right now? And one day, of course, he will return and, and he will still all storms for eternity. And if you let that penetrate to the very core of your being, you will know that, that he loves you. You'll know that, that he cares. And, and then you'll have the, the power to, to handle anything in your life with peace. Why don't you pray with me? This morning, I, I know that uh, we're all in a storm right now. And, and maybe you've been wondering, what, just where are you, God? I mean, don't you care if I drown? And, and Jesus wants to remind you this morning of his deep, deep love for you. And the fact that he, he's God doesn't mean bad things don't happen to us. But because of the cross, we know that he cares deeply. And, and I sense this morning that he's asking you today, why are you so afraid? I, I'm here with you. For some of you, maybe you've been angry with God for a while, wondering why, why does he let storms happen? And he's wanting to remind you today that, that his reasons are greater. I mean, he's God, and, and he's not just powerful, he's also wise, and, and his reasons can go beyond our understanding. And I, and I sense him asking you today, why are you so afraid? You can trust me. I, I know best, and, and I can use the storms that come your way for good. And there's some of you, you've had your, your share of storms, but you've been facing them all by yourself. It's, it's like you've been doing it DIY, do it yourself. And, and Jesus says, climb into my boat. 
join me in, in, in my life, follow me. It doesn't mean that there won't be storms. Storms happen to everybody, to all people. But Jesus is the Lord of the storm. He is the great storm stopper. And he can either calm the storm that's raging outside, and sometimes he does that. We, we pray for that. We're praying for that right now. But if he doesn't, he can calm the storm that's raging inside. In the midst of our storms, he has power enough to bring his life and his peace and his calm to the core of our souls. Do you hear his voice this morning? Give us grace, Lord, we pray, to trust in your love, to lean on your power, to rest in the assurance that you're with us through all the storms. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Again, I'm so glad you've joined us this morning, and uh, we're going to be back on Friday at 11 and Sunday at 10, and this week is going to be a great week of kind of getting ready for that. I love that next week we get to celebrate Jesus' resurrection, my favorite Sunday. I'm sorry we won't be together, but the good news of his resurrection is just that good, And, and what he paid for in his death is just that good. It's good news, and I hope you'll join us next weekend. In the meantime, may I offer you just, again, a a short blessing. May the, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and the love of the Father be with you all. Amen.